You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, people. Mm. Here we go. It's yeah. it's just me and Sherrod tonight. Um, and we're gonna try to keep it short, but I, there might be some people out there who want their pound of flesh. And if so, we'll hang on here and we'll uh we'll take some comments and we'll talk. Um wanna first tell everybody again, uh show is brought to you by uh, our pals over at Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com slash garden. Receive 20% off. These are earbuds, folks. Uh, your next purchase. But uh, the big news here, obviously, uh, Celtics uh, blow a 19-point lead. Lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, 91-89. Uh, no, no Jalen Brown, we know. Richardson out. Um, uh, we knew that going in. Uh, Al Horford, we'll talk about him a little bit later because we were starting to get worried he might be a little bit creaky uh, with overuse. He looked a little tired and slow back issues apparently but that's not the story the story is total system failure here Sherrod. um yeah. this was a game at the 223 mark of the third quarter the celtics had an 18 point lead it was 19 point lead a minute and a half or so earlier 74 points at that point with two and a half minutes to go in the third they finished with 89 that's yeah. it 15 yeah. the rest of the way they didn't score the rest of that quarter scored 15 points the entire fourth that's it. Yeah. I look, there's I mean we we can go through all the different issues and factors that that you know kind of led them down this wormhole of woeful play, but I come to I to me the alpha and omega of that conversation is Jason Tatum. He has to be better. I mean, I don't know if he's hurt or not because we've seen him like, you know, during uh times when he's, you know, off the court, he's riding the bike and, and maybe there's some kind of physical issue going on, but either he regardless of whether he's hurt or not, he is not playing like a top 10 player. He is not playing like a guy who is leading an elite playoff contending team. I mean, no, Dennis Schroeder, bless his heart. I mean, without Dennis Schroeder, this team is probably looking at three, four wins at this point, looking like a legitimate lottery top five uh, team. Schroeder has bailed them out on a couple of occasions. He had 28 points tonight for the first time in his career, had back-to-back games with 28 or more points, which again, back to Tatum, he has to be better than this. I can live, I can embrace the fact that he's hurt. If, if he's got some kind of physical issue, then that at least I can comprehend what I'm seeing. But short of that, this is, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it's hard to like, 
you don't want to comment because you don't know if there's something there. But it's unfa it, it, the 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 shooting is unfathomably bad. But it's everything. It's bad decision making, sloppiness. He his him down the stretch in the fourth there with you know throwing balls away and just taking long contested twos and just just what he just every thing you don't want and yes he had a couple of buckets late and you know when they needed them uh he obviously had the one that tied the game there which uh you know you want to see but he was all out of sorts all over the place and the shot is just it nothing makes sense about it here uh at all he looks slow he can't turn the corner on anybody i and again if he's hurt um or if there's something bugging him you know fine that might explain some might also explain the fact that i don't know if he looks a step slower to you or people have figured out that he doesn't have he's not strong enough to finish around the rim um and he doesn't have a quick enough first step to get by you and they just know he's playing you for that for that you know for that step back and that's basically his game right now and they're just all just really contested shots before he would get some separation on those because people would have to respect that he might do something now i mean you saw i mean to go back at night i and i know they have some familiarity but you looked at the one on the baseline with semi ogilvy guarding him semi's like mm -hmm. yeah i've seen this a thousand times before i know what you're doing and i know you're going over there and semi was waiting for him when he shot mm -hmm. it so yeah. I don't know if he's just become predictable. Uh, you know, I know there's issues with the double teams, and when Jalen Brown is out, it's tough. He's seeing guys coming at him. It's never really easy for him. But even makeable shots, he doesn't make. He just doesn't. He's just not making enough shots. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, when he, uh, you know, near near the end of the game, there where there was that Cavaliers thought it was an offensive foul against Tatum, but he was just left wide open. I did not feel good about him taking that shot. No, even no. though it was wide open. It was the best look he had all game, and I felt uncomfortably uncomfortable when I shouldn't be. You should never feel uncomfortable when the best player on the team has a wide-open shot in a pressure situation. Uh, Tatum, I, 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 it just doesn't make sense how what we've seen up until this point, the, the body of work that he's put together that brings us to this point, for him to be playing like like this. I mean, Jalen Brown can't get back soon enough. I mean, you, you, you knew they – you knew Jalen Brown had value, but damn, um, when Tatum has been out, we have not seen Jalen Brown struggle like this. Uh, and, and so maybe he needs to have that one A or one B, depending on how you want to look at JB out there to, in order to be effective. I don't know. Cause at this, I'm, I mean, I'm like most people, I don't, I can't make sense of what the hell I'm seeing out there from Jason Tatum right now. I can't at all. And just these, um, the problem with it is, you know, you'd like to see him on these, what you know if a guy's working through shooting issues you'd like to see him kind of take a step back and work his and you know contribute in other ways right. he's not really doing that either i think he's a guy who just thinks shooters got to shoot and i got to shoot my way out of pro out of problems so i mean again he's averaging i mean 20 something field goal attempts a game I mean, he's top five in the league and field goals jacked and I mean, he's shooting 37% this month coming into this game. He's sub 40 for the season. Um, he's, you know, uh, you know, a little better from three lately, um, but he's just been bad. I mean, eight for 22 uh, tonight, 10 for 25 uh, the, the game before, eight for 24 before that. He had that one get right game where he was 12 for 19. But other than that, three for 13, four for 16, eight for 22. You remove that Dallas game. 
and his numbers this month are putrid, Sherrod. Yeah. Really, yeah. And, really bad. Yeah, and, and tonight was, was particularly painful because, you know, even when he shot the ball poorly, uh, he's been able to do a pretty good job on, 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 the, on the boards and not really cough the ball up a lot. And that was not the case. Not only did he shoot like crap, 8 for 22, he only had four rebounds. And he had six turnovers. I mean, that was, I mean, he had a Dennis Schroeder like night when it comes to turnovers. You can't have that. That's just not Jason Tatum being his best version of himself. He's one of those guys that, you know, again, when he's struggling to shoot the ball, he has to figure out ways to impact the game other, in other areas. And, and tonight, really, this was just an across the board bad game for him. Defense wasn't wasn't very good. Uh, shot making, obviously, it is what it is. Missed seven out of his eight threes. Didn't do a good job on the glass. Uh, had a couple of assists, but six turnovers. No steals, no blocks. Not This was definitely a not a good night for Tatum. No, um, not at all. Not at all. And it's the frustration is there after. I mean, not, you know, we, he, he's always been a body language guy. The mm -hmm. frustration is there after everything. You see him shoot, miss, and slump. And you see him shoot and make, and he's like, ugh, finally. Like, right. every shot is in his head right now. It's so strange for him because this is a guy who's – a been a pure scorer his entire life and he's completely in his own head and he's just trying to force the issue there's so many like ball stopping moments you know where he's just getting the ball and he's just doing that thing and he's just kind of trying to burrow his way to a spot to get his shot uh and it's just not working for him right now it's a I, you know i tweeted something i would have thought would be unfathomable uh, you know, because how many times have we railed on like late in the game, the ball's got to go through Tatum or Brown. I don't know why they're messing around with all this other stuff. Why Marcus and Grant got late shots last year drove us crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to see him touch the ball less right now. I do not want to see the offense run through Tatum. I want to see the ball swung to him at a time where he can do something quick and aggressive. I don't want to see him getting the ball and controlling the offense right now because it's a mess when he has the ball in his hands. He just slows things down, settles for his, you know, settles for his jumpers or slow to pass out of double teams and just kills the flow of whatever flow of the offense. There wasn't much going tonight uh, offensively. What I will say is, you know, to not put it all on Tatum, you know, there was one – this was still, even though Tatum was struggling the entire game, a game that they had under control. Um, this was a war of attrition game. The Celtics ran out lineups tonight, Sherrod, twice of Pritchard, Romeo, Neesmith, Grant, and Parker. Twice. They got away with it in the first quarter because Cleveland yeah. was – ice cold okay those guys were actually a plus they extended the lead believe it or not in that first quarter and they came in but uh udoka tried it again in the third and again i was pretty nervous when that happened i was like this doesn't feel like the right they had to do it but that wholesale change just felt you know dubious yeah. i was just i just didn't feel great about it and it kind of it kind of went away there i said you got away with it once I, I don't know that it was a good idea to get away with it again grant despite the fact that he hit three threes was atrocious all night he was he was a liability most of the night parker too brutally bad pritchard brutally bad in his minutes you got some contributions from romeo uh neesmith again kind of a non-factor i mean that, that whole bench unit, and again, Grant started, so technically not a bench guy, uh, but that whole bench unit was just bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was a game where, again, just looking at 
the way this Cavaliers roster is constructed. Uh, you could totally envision a guy like Josh Richardson coming in and giving you like eight or ten points. Um, when you look at the fact that the way that Marcus Smart was really trying to go at, you know, the smaller guard, Josh, Josh Richardson, I think, would have had a little bit more success with that. Um, their bench is what it is. I mean, this is this is why every single player who's out with an injury or an illness or a sickness, it's not just having to replace that player. It's having to replace that player and the role that the player who's replacing them is going to leave vacant. And they don't have the kind of quality depth to just fill in the gaps like that. I mean, when you lose Josh Richardson, that means Neesmith and Pritchard are going to move up in the pecking order. But if they're not in a good flow or good rhythm and they can't seem to get into a flow, good flow or good rhythm on their own, they're going to struggle. You, you're missing Al Horford. That means you might see it, uh, you know, Hernan Gomez sighting, which we did. Uh, that means you're probably going to see Jabari Parker, which we did. That's not a good thing most times when you have to put those guys in in the first half of games. This team has a very razor-thin margin for error, illness, and sickness, and we're seeing that every now and then they can catch a break and win, but for the most part, they're going to struggle when they're missing guys. And we, you know, we look at the Milwaukee game and how awesome it was. They beat the defending champs. They beat the defending champs who were without three of their top four players, and they had to do it in overtime at home. So it's great that they won that game, but when you start looking at some of the factors that put kind of leaned the scale in their favor. That, that should have been an overtime game. That should have been a 5-10 point win for most good teams. Yeah, and, and that was – I'd say last night's postgame was one of the roughest ones I, I, I remember because there was almost nothing to say about the game. The game was garbage. The game was – it was a flat performance, and Schroeder saved your butts, and yeah. that was it. And But that game was garbage. It was uninspired. You could There's a couple positives here and there that sprung up, but a really, really flat game. And Schroeder played out of his mind, and that's why you won that. Otherwise, that would have been a brutal loss to a really undermanned team. You know, Cleveland's playing pretty well, but they're down players too here. You know, it's like you can't use the injury card. The, 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 the Celtics are woefully thin, uh, you know, just it's a thin team. Uh, yeah. And you were hoping – hoping this year would be the year that you could get stuff out of consistency and work guys like Neesmith and Romeo into, and Romeo has worked his way into the rotation where he provides value. He's not consistent on a night in night basis, but he's playable because he, he grabbed some good boards tonight. He played some really good defense. He did a couple of good things. He's a little hurried on his offense and he's not aggressive enough. Sometimes he's, he's just got, He's got to attack with the idea that I'm going to the cup. I think he gets into the lane thinking, where am I going to get rid of this ball sometimes? Or he rushes his shots. He's got to play with a little bit more purpose sometimes on the mm -hmm. offensive end. But he's playable simply because of what he can do on defense. But none of these other guys are at all. At all. And so back to where you were last year, whether it's Tatum out, Brown out, Smart who missed a chunk of time, Kemba who played erratically. Every time they were down a guy or two, as soon as you get into that bench, this stuff like this would happen. It's really not. It's really not sustainable. Their their starting lineup's not good enough to build twenty five point leads over people and then let the bench, you know, let it you know, eat into it. So they can't get. It can't be this bad. They, they they can't have this few contributions from the people coming off the bench. No, no, they can't. And, and, and I, questions, I, think, I think for Neesmith and Pritchard, I think Parker's basically unplayable. I think Grant is not any better this year either. I, I, I don't know where you go here. 
Well, I think for for Ime, I think he's going to have to become a bit more of a micromanager of this team, I think, going forward. Because right now, they're still trying to figure out what their identity as a team is. But if you had to look at what it's been through the course of the season up to this point, it's a team that can be anyone on any given day, but more times than not, if they get a big lead, they're going to choke it away. He's got to do a better job of managing the success that they're having in games. I think it, part of it is going to be he's going to have to, frankly, get out of his comfort zone and not call timeouts when you traditionally call timeouts. Like if you get a 19-point lead and then in about 90 seconds it's down to 14 or 12, call that timeout before, you know, it gets any further. He's got to figure out – he's got to get a better pulse on when he needs to throw the life preserver for this team and save them from themselves and just stop play and calm their asses down or get their focus back where it needs to be. Because right now he's doing what a lot of coaches tend to do, and that is let your players play. Let them figure it out. And while I think that there's value in that, at some point you just got to say, they ain't going to figure it out tonight. I need to help them. This is this is where I have to be, you know, the, the hard ass and say, guys, get your asses over here. You're not focused. We I didn't want to call this timeout, you know, 90 seconds in, but we got to do it. When yeah. you know Rick Carlisle was one of the best coaches of doing that because he knew there were a couple of teams he had in Detroit that were horseshit teams and he knew that he micromanaged the hell out of those guys whenever they would get like a seven point lead and it got down to four he's calling a quick timeout and you and you're you're wondering why is he doing that because he understands that his role has to be he has to cater his role to the needs of his team at that moment yeah. and I think Ime is still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like he um he did um. He did at one point in the third that that weird sequence where Schroeder hit the deck and stayed on the floor for like 35 seconds. And Marcus right. is looking back at him like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are, is this theatrics or are you hurt? They played right. four on five. Tatum ended up taking a long two on that possession. Schroeder finally eventually walks up. The next time he gets the ball, he does some weird just give me the ball angry sort of, you know, ISO move, pull up, contested jumper. And he is like, nope timeout you know like on the next bucket there like something went awry on that sequence you know and I, I evil dennis kind of creeped in i'm not really sure you know i think right. you know that'll happen from time to time so he did stop it there but it was that it's that late third quarter there where it just looked like i don't know you know use all your if you want to give your guys a rest just call timeout after timeout right. after timeout right. and then get them back in the game there and stop the bleeding. Cause it, right. and then they came back in the quarter with the same unit with Josh Schroeder subbed in, I think uh, for maybe grant, I can't remember. Um, yeah. And the rest of the guys were out there. I was like, what are we doing here? You know? Right. Um, and, and it, and it got away there. So it's a tough one. You can't play your starters. It's like in baseball, you, you know, your best pitchers can't pitch every friggin' game or every friggin' inning. You sometimes you got to go to the back end of your bullpen and stuff gets away from you. This was a back end of the bullpen sort of game. And uh, you know, they, they, they blew the lead there before you could, before you could plug the leak. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the, the big disappointments for me has been how some of those young guys aren't making the most of their opportunities. Uh, I mean, Peyton Pritchard, I think it's pretty clear. He's not going to play every game. So when he does play, he needs to give Ime a reason to play him more, and he's not. And that, for me, has been disappointing because, I, I, you know, looking at what he was able to do in the summer, looking at some of the things he did last season, you felt optimistic that there's there's levels to his game that he is trending towards reaching because he works so damn hard, and he and he seems like a, a just the type of player that would make the most of his opportunities. But 
he's not shooting the ball well. His playmaking seems – it feels like it's regressed uh, from where it was last year. And, you know, def- defensively, he's going to have his, his issues and his challenges simply for just a matter of physics. I mean, he's physically not able to defend as, as well as you would ideally want him to. But the playmaking, the shot making, that's been the big disappointment with, with him. And same thing with Neesmith. Uh, both of those guys, you know, you, you look at them as, as players that you've tried to develop over the last year and some change so that they would get to the point where when they had an opportunity, they would not crap in the pants. And that's just not happening. Garden Report is brought to you as always by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, bet online where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. <laughs> that, you gotta, I, I got to go there, John, because we're talking about the kitties. And that's no, what kitties. I agree. That's the problem. It's uh, it's that's the thing, you know, and, uh, you know, I catch some flack for it in the comments, but like, you know, Neesmith is a basket case. Okay. And every time I'm critical of him, everyone's like, he's young. There's a lot of young people who are way more poised and doing better things on a, you know, on, on, on a semi-regular basis. He's a, he's all over the place. So he's got to do one thing to keep him on the court. Last year, it was effort and energy, and that was enough to give him a shot. But that was a bit of a reward. Not necessarily you make us better, but I'm going to, you're working, you're trying. I'm going to give you a shot. The guy has to settle down, get to spots, and get some shots off, and they have to go down. If he's not a shooter, he's useless. Pritchard's kind of in the same boat. If he's not able to get into the lane and dish or create, I mean, he got in there once and friggin' Mobley blocked it with his elbow, you know, like, I mean, you know, that that you can't do that, man. It's a friggin' pros. Like you got to know that's not going to work for you or just, he's got to get that shot off. And I don't know. Did he pull off? Did he start the game with the face mask and took it off in the second half? I can't remember. I can't I think, remember. I think he took it off. I, 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 I anyway, but um, I, you know, you're going to get to the point where you got to wonder, like, I don't know because we don't see enough of practice when we go to them, you know, what kind of shooter Neesmith is. Didn't we just find out he just broke a record? He broke like a Tatum record for like consecutive threes or something like that, which again, it's great to talk about that. But I think back to a conversation I had many, many years ago with Rashid Wallace, who was talking about how amazing Darko Milicic was in practice. And he and but then she would, would end by saying, but it's a it's a completely different game when you're playing the game. Uh the, when the lights come on, not everybody can perform when no the lights doubt. come on. No doubt. Yeah. That was so, I, I mean, but you it's at least you know it's there. Like I think right. the worry the worry with Neesmith for some people out there is you know, you, you it was uh it was uh you know you you 
you know, you got you got rook there. It was a, it was you know a bill of false goods because the 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 sample size was so small because he had that that shortened season in his last year at v- Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, his, sorry. Yeah, I almost said Tennessee. That was great. Uh, was his last season there. And so I think he only took like 45 threes and he made 20 of them or whatever. And it was like, oh, he shot 50% for the year. That's a really big number, which is great, but it was a small sample size. So I think there was concern with like, did we just get duped over this really, really small sample size? And he's not nearly the shooter that we think he is. And so I'm, I like hearing that in practice, he lights it up and, and can, and, and can do that because it means that's, a thing he could theoretically do if he was able to slow the game down and figure out where the hell he's supposed to be standing and get the shot off with some sort of rhythm. Every release he has uh, in a game looks different to me. You know, it just, he just, it's not, nothing looks smooth. And when he, he he misses by a lot, (laughs) I mean, it's like, which is unusual, not a good looking stroke in the game. Right. Right. For, for a guy who is supposed to be kind of like a long range, you know, sniper type, those guys typically, when they miss, they don't miss by much. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually like, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, hit the back of the rim or it's the front of the rim. He's but off I mean, left, he's off right. He's all yeah. over the place. I mean, he's missing rim altogether, which yeah. is something, like, again, snipers typically, it doesn't happen. They got, I mean, it, it, I mean, the fact that, that they're in the 500 ish conversation is, is a positive because it, it, there was a time just a couple weeks ago, we weren't even sure if they could be a 500 team. Um, So, Overall, they're definitely, I think, better than they were at the, from when you look at the start of the season. But those role players have to be better. And we've talked about that before, about how the guys who are not named Tatum and Brown have to emerge. And, and your guy, Rob, I thought had a good game tonight. No question. And that's the thing is, like, you want to check some it's, – it's hard after a game like this to, uh, you know, check the plus column for too many things. But, um, you know, Rob, again, Schroeder again – for what he did and what he does. Uh, and he played a pretty clean first half with only one turnover, and then the turnovers kind of came in late. But again, that's yeah. what you're going to get with him. Again, his ability to create offense, especially at a time where nothing else is working. I mean, he that, that stretch that he had in the second quarter, that kind of like that, – that gave them their lead where he's like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to score a ton now. Uh, and when nothing was really going for Tatum. So, I mean, he basically – you know, they built the lead on his shoulders there. Um, and then just really nobody else could get anything going offensively. The second unit, you know, Tatum the whole time. But Rob consistently just keeps making things happen. You know, he's not getting, you know, he doesn't have a refined offensive game. I talked about his touches. I wish they'd work it into his hands a little bit more because I think he he makes good decisions with the ball. Um, but even just kind of being a piece there and just, looking for his opportunities you know he just always finds him he's got active hands he's constantly keeping balls alive if he's not grabbing the rebounds himself you know 16 boards but how many tips that he kept balls alive that other people ended up with which gave them second chance opportunities you know his hands in the passing lanes everything uh he's just makes good things happen uh and you're seeing more of the last year version of Rob now I'm still missing about 20% of like freakish athleticism, which I don't know if that's a choice or it's just, he's still playing his way into shape. Uh, but he looks active and quicker. Now he's moving better, you know, uh, way better than he did at the beginning of the year. So he's a, 
he's a huge plus right now. The fact that they didn't get murdered on the boards in this game, you know, yeah. with that with that double big lineup over there, you know, it, that's that's a credit to uh, you know, to uh, to him. And I mean, Tatum, I thought, you know, was was good on the boards. Marcus, it was a decent uh, team effort, but Rob was great. Yeah, I mean, not not only did they not get murdered on the boards, they won the board. They won the board battle. Like, I didn't see the digits. final total, but they were winning. I, I saw most of the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that that's that's really surprising. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with Rob Williams and his activity around the glass. And I do, and I asked him about this about a week or so ago about just you know, are we seeing you know him basically being more of a thinker out there than just relying on his athleticism? He said absolutely that. You know, one of the reasons why we're not seeing as many of those kind of highlight real quality plays from Rob is because he's basically thinking the game more, realizing that he doesn't have to, you know, jump for every single shot at tip at the glass in order to be a factor. Uh, he's, he's a smarter player now than he was last year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but And I'm not as worried about his athleticism now as I was maybe two or three weeks ago because he's showing enough in games to where – I don't feel as though it's not there. Uh, he's given me just enough to remind me that, you know, I'm maybe six, eight, six, nine, but I play like I'm seven, one. Yeah. Uh, and, and that I'm okay with that, but I need the guys around him to play better. And then I think the guys around him need to better utilize what he does. Well, uh, he's, he can run the floor. We know that he can finish around the basket, but he, he's also a really good passer. And it's, I, I, there's just a part of me that believes as we get deeper into the season, they're going to explore that more. And Run we're going to see plays for the guy. Run right. some plays for the guy. Well, well you know, here's, it, this is the funny thing. Um, and it, it, when I was in Detroit, that's exactly what they did for Ben Wallace. Yeah. They ran the first play damn near every game for him. And that was all the feel he needed to just kick ass at the other end of the floor. And Rob has been a good soldier about all this and just, you know, he's not complaining or asking for any touches, but it'd be kind of nice if they decided to just, I don't know, make the first play a Rob Williams down low, put him up, put, put him at the elbow and just let him operate and navigate. No, I'd like to see it. I love the activity. I like the minutes. I like that he's talking. Um, you see him way more uh, communicative and verbal on the court, uh, telling people things. There was one exchange I know, and again, it, I wasn't sure what it was, but it was on a Schroeder play. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, he got in his ear and he was basically saying, like, you should have done this. And Schroeder's like, ah, and he's like, you know, you got, and he called him right out on it, you know, and like, that's something he wouldn't have done before. And it wasn't like a bad thing. He's just kind of like, yo, you know, yeah, right. You know. Cause like late in the game where there, there's a situation where it involved Robert, it involved Schroeder and it involved Marcus smart. And it was a play where, where uh, Rubio threw the lob and Marcus was attached to the guy in a post, which makes it. And I Rob know, and he just pointed to Rob and then he looked away. Right. And but Rob was Rob was was uh, hedging on a guy that was wide open, and then Schroeder was just kind of like, you know, in no man's land, and he didn't realize or recognize that he should have at least put a body on the guy that was literally right behind him who yep. caught the lob. Yep. Um, little things like that that they have to get better at. But I, I but to your point, John, I, I do like the fact that Rob is not only recognizing the bullshit when it's out there, but he's actually speaking up and saying, guys, you know what? We need to be better, and this is why we need to be better. This don't we can't let that happen. So he is um he's becoming a player that so many people thought he could be. He's starting to play and think like a top five, top ten draft pick would think at this point in their career. He's not there yet, but you can tell that the wheels are turning in that direction. Yeah. Uh, again, that was my 
my my big hopes for this season was this was Rob entering, you know, all star conversation might be a little much, but entering a, a a place where you know I thought he was clearly the third best player on the team last year, but it was just limited minutes, limited opportunities. And this year to solidify yourself is kind of like I said, bridging that gap in talent between the top two guys. Um, and the rest of the roster, having a guy out there who's a difference maker. You know, you need yeah. another one. What's interesting is Rob's a difference maker, and Schroeder, to an extent, is. He's a flawed player, but he is a difference maker for this team right now, which they need uh, when Jalen is out because you need somebody who can make things happen. No one else out there is making things happen when your best player, Tatum, is playing like a – like. I don't even know what right now. I mean, is you know, all-star voting is today. Tatum doesn't make the fifth team. You know, like, I mean, he's not he's not himself right now. He is not having a good year. Um, so you really hope that he turns it around. So, yeah, you need stuff like this. I guess some good news, Jalen Brown uh, talked to uh, our pal Abby, um, you know, uh, prior to the game and said Monday is possible, uh, mm-hmm. which is – Definitely on the early side of what we would have thought here for return. So he can't get back. Uh, he can't get back soon enough. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about this game. And again, we did say we're going to keep it short, but I did want to just remind people, since I have you here, our sponsor, uh, Raycon uh, earbuds, seamless Bluetooth pairing, comfortable noise. Is- I'm sorry. Yeah. Noise isolating fit. Uh, so make sure you head out and get some. You can put it into pure mode, balance mode, bass mode, uh, listen to listen to your music in a bunch of different ways. Eight hours of playtime, 32 hours battery life, built-in mic. You can take your calls on it. Uh, perfect gift for the holiday season. Everybody needs these uh, wireless earbuds or just for yourself. Uh, if you don't have them, grab a pair. Uh, as good as some of the premium brands, but half the price. Uh, and it's no question about that. So go out, check them out. It's Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash garden. Go there to unlock an exclusive deal just to our listeners here at the Garden Report. 20% off your Raycon order. This is a very limited time. And honestly, I think it's running out this weekend. So Please check it out. 20% off your Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash garden. Uh, 20% off your purchase. Buy a bunch of them. If you're Absolutely. getting 20% off, get it, get, get it off on all of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, back to this game again tonight. <laughs> you know, we've kind of exhausted a little bit of the good and the bad here. Um, other things you were watching tonight that that stuck out to you in any way. And I, I guess I wanted to kind of go a little bit back to the bench because, you know, mm-hmm. um, what is it about? Go go ahead. You you tell me what you're thinking. I have, I have one other thing I wanted to follow up with you on. No, the, the, the bench is an issue, uh, but it's an issue that is, is really prominent in games like this where you're playing a back to back where you know you're going to have to dig a little deeper into that second unit uh, and, and lean on them to, to give you some juice. And when you're missing a guy from that group like Richardson, and then you have to move up a guy like Schroeder into the starting lineup, you know, it's a, du- you all, it's a double whammy for that second unit to be impactful. But uh, again, I expected better from Peyton Pritchard at this point in the season. I expected better from Aaron Neesmith at this point in the season. And, and, and again, th- those guys aren't going to get a ton of opportunities, but then you ask yourself, well, why is that? Well, nice like this. That's why. They're not being as productive or effective as they can be. That's what I wanted to hit you with. We were arguing, we were kind of kicking this around because, you know, uh, Jimmy uh, and Bob, Bob, even more so, you know, Pritchard guys, or at least think that he's capable of stuff. Bobby had super high hopes for him, I think, was saying that 
you know, they should Best be considered pick and roll shooter or something like that. And I'm also, just, I, you know, I don't want to talk about. He can't right. defend himself here, but he had right. like starter aspirations for Pritchard in year two. Uh, and you know, Jimmy likes his game a lot. Um, and we've kind of kicking around like, what's worse about him this year? He looks different. He did. He was able to make plays last year and do a lot more. And he's not able to do it at all this year. And again, I think that face mask is certainly no joke. Um, I think limited minutes and the uh, ability to not get in, uh, you know, a groove is also an issue. Um, but I don't know. Does he look slower to you? Does it look he just something's something's off with him? I can't figure it out. The biggest thing I've noticed with him is just impact. I mean, that was the one thing that even last year when he came in there, he didn't always score a bunch of points or make a lot of assists. But, but his presence was exactly he had a presence that was a positive when he was on the floor. You didn't even you didn't need to go to analytics. He was a spark plug. Yeah, we called and, him Sparky. I mean, that's what you that's what you expected from him. Jimmy he loves a Sparky little guy. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I know Jimmy likes him. They got that whole you know. Uh, little man thing going on there, but yeah. they're both sparky guys. Exactly. But the thing about him now is there's no spark. There's no sizzle. There's just nothingness when he comes in there. Now he's not making shots. He's not getting guys as involved as, as I think he has the talent to do. And he goes back to that word, the P word presence. He doesn't really have one when he's out there. I mean, he, I mean, tonight he played, what was it like eight, nine minutes, uh, 15 minutes. Missed all his shots, had a couple rebounds, couple assists, couple turnovers. Uh, when you say, well, Marcus Smart missed all his shots too, which is true. But Marcus had eight assists and five steals. He came um, out with six and three in the first half. So again, not uh cooled down a little from that perspective. But Marcus threw some really great passes in the first yes. half. Yes. Yeah. And 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 that's where, and, and again, that's where Pritchard, I I think he's he's gotta get back to being that guy that has a presence out there. It doesn't mean you make every shot, doesn't make you you know, rack up 10 assists in eight minutes, but make your presence felt. And that, and because he, he, we've seen him do that. And that, and that's, the, I think that's one of the frustrations with him and a lot of Celtics fans. We're not asking him to do anything we haven't seen him do before. For whatever reason, it's just not happening. Uh, and, but he's got to get back to being that guy. He, he really does if he's going to help this team this year. Yeah. So Jalen comes back. You're shortening your, and again, Ime was playing with a short bench. No, I mean, to start anyway. So I really don't think, you know, when they finally settle in, if it's that double big lineup with Schroeder, Richardson coming off the bench, Romeo playing a few minutes there, I think that's about as deep as they want to go. I think it's going to yeah. be an eight, nine man rotation. So again, you're right. It's not as big an issue. You're missing three guys who are playing significant minutes in a game. But the drop off is just so gross. I mean, it, and it's yeah. so depressing because the, the the key to the key to this team upping its level is getting better from within. You know very well, like, and that's what's kind of depressing about it. You know what you got in Horford, Richardson, Schroeder. You know, to 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 an extent, you know, you're the players that you have. You know, in your starting lineup, you kind of know who they are. You know, you want to see, you know, your stars kind of keep ticking up and 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 kicking it up a level. But you're, you you pretty much know where they're going to be. The only way that this team was going to surprise you is if you all of a sudden got a big growth out of you know Pritchard, Romeo, Grant, Neesmith. It's still early, you know. I think you got something out of Romeo. It just I just. I don't know that you're going to get anything out of these guys this year. And I don't, I don't know if ever, I, I hate to call it, 
you know, this early in their careers, but you're certainly not getting it this year. It doesn't feel like, which means the ceiling feels a little capped on this team. You know, it just kind of is what it is, which is tough to kind of a tough pill to swallow 13 games into a year. Yeah. I'm still feeling good about Romeo. Going I am forward. too. I, I, I think of, of the guys that we're talking about on that bench, I still think that Romeo's that one guy that could be an X factor. I, I mean, I, like, for example, I think if, if, if this team gets into the playoffs, it would not surprise me if Romeo helps them win a game that they weren't, they would not have won without his contributions. I think he has that type of difference making capability. And that doesn't mean he's going to go off for 20. It doesn't mean he's going to grab 10 rebounds, but his ability to defend is going to get him opportunities to make an impact. And again, he's figuring out different ways to, to get points. We talk a lot about that corner three, but tonight, we saw him put it on the floor, lower the shoulder, and, and, and score in the paint. That's something we, we don't see Romeo do very often. So he's like a guy said, that it seems the more he plays, the more he's showing us that he belongs out there. It's, it's again, I want to see him, like I said earlier, I want to see him when he decides he's going to go, to go. I still think he's half in, half out sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think he gets close to the rim and he's like, oh, shit, am I shooting this? Like, uh, let's do it. Let's go for it. Instead of, like, going with a little bit more purpose and ferocity uh, and or just knowing that he's going to get there, he's going to finesse it, he's going to draw some contact. Because um, that's what I've always thought. I thought he could be a, a good tweener scorer. Like, I've always thought, yeah. like, poor man's – I hate saying poor man's Markel Fultz because he's a pretty incomplete player, but a guy who could kind of get to his spots and score creatively. I think he's kind of getting halfway and not all the way and not finishing the way he necessarily could. The three-point shooting is a revelation so far uh, this year. So again, that alone, three and D stuff keeps him in the game. Uh, I, I do think there's another potential level for him. It's just not, it's not all there, there. The the other guys I'm, I'm, I'm much, I'm much more concerned. Deeply, deeply concerned. Yes, I gave up the stock. I got it, Vinny. I know. I gave it up last. I was the biggest Romeo apologist for so. Those guys killed me all year. They killed me all year for doing it, for having I my blind Romeo. faith that Romeo will save us. They're like, dude, shut up. Um, so I don't really know about the rest. Uh, I guess I'll ask this question, and we'll wrap it up a little bit early tonight. Uh, what, Above all else, what does this team need? Whether it's a whether it's something from the outside or what does it need to do that it's not doing? I, see, here's I think it, that that depends on just what the end goal is for this team this year. Like I, I think for them, realistically, getting to the second round of the playoffs, I think would be a successful season for this team. So, do they have the pieces in place right now? Can they get that done with the group they have now? And I would say, yeah, they can. But but this group has to stay healthy, which I don't think they will. So. That being said, they're either going to have to go outside or they're going to have to have someone just – what I was hoping would happen with this team was that a Romeo, a Neesmith would develop into a double-digit score. If one of those young guys became a 10-point-per-game score, now all of a sudden that when you, when you average like 10 points a game, that means on any given night you can drop 20 or 25. They don't have anyone, frankly, outside of maybe the top four guys who can do that. And that's, that's a problem. That's a problem because th- there's a – if there feels as though there's a cap on how talented that next line of talent is on this team. We know what Tatum and Brown and Horford can do. We know what Rob Williams can do, but we don't know how much bandwidth is there in Romeo's growth. And which I think there's quite a bit in Neesmith's growth and Payne's growth. So I, I think they're going to have to look outside. 
if they want to feel comfortable and confident that they can go into the playoffs and they can move beyond just being a team that shows up for the postseason. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a, a lot of people here talking about a playmaker dying for a point guard to come in here. Um See, I'm not sold on that's necessarily what they need. I, it would be nice if you had that. Like like Ricky Rubio, his play was was great for them. Um, just great. But more than that, you need you need what we've been talking about before. You need a guy who can make a, make their presence felt. Like if Jabari Parker could actually, you know, finish the way he wants to finish. Okay, be a you, you can't. No, you can't. can't I know you can't count him. I know, I, John. I know. We I still have Jabari Parker stock, and yeah, I can't. I agree with I Fuzzy no here. Reason why? This is what I, I I've said this last year. And I'll said this at the beginning of this year, the uh, the key to the Celtics being a, a contender is these two guys being top fifteen players. And we say it every year. We use that top one hundred list as a launching point and say, okay, they're here this year. If they all if they tick up, so again, if Tatum's fourteen before the year and Jalen Brown is twenty five, if they're eight and fifteen at the end of the year, yeah. theoretically, again, just Let's whatever in 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 the world where people vote on lists, we know those things aren't absolute. But right. if Tatum is a clear for second team All NBA, Jalen's a clear third All NBA, or vice versa, that's a different story. That's how you that's how you get there. You can't have Tatum regressing and and Jalen missing a ton of games. I, I agree a hundred percent. This these guys, the only way they get there is these guys need to up their level and be assassins. And just winning games on their own, you know, you can't have games where they these guys play okay or play crappy, and you need everyone else to bail you out. I mean, Tatum's had two good games this year. I mean, that's just not good enough for your best player. It really isn't. Um, no, no, and and I and I think he he's under well, he knows that he has to play better, but I, I think he's still trying to figure out what what the hell does that really look like. I mean. You know, he's hearing in one ear that I need to be more of a playmaker and you're hearing another ear that I need to be more efficient. And to me, it's all the above. Everything that people have told you you need to get better at, you need to do because you're the best freaking player on the team. That's your job. Yeah, that's that's literally your job to be the best at anything and everything. Yes, it's great when other guys can help. That's 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 always a good thing. But, but it's on these guys. Them because yeah. you're the best player and you need to play like the best player. Yeah. And again, I in the simplest way, and I, again, I tweeted this during the game, Tatum just needs to take more shots going towards the basket rather than moving away from it. Um, it, it seems simple, but just t- take take some better shots. Um, yes, they've got some bench problems. Yes, they have playmaking problems. Uh, you know, and Ime still figuring things out. At the end of the day, overall, effort is up, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so again, you're going to look at a positive thing. Effort is up. Defensive intensity and effort is up. There's Definitely. still some. There's still some communications issues and some holes here, but they're not getting lit up like they were before. This they're they're playing a lot better. So you think that if they can, and again, Scal said this during the game. If you can keep it tight, you know you just got to find a way to manufacture enough points to win these games. You don't have to be in the 120s every single night if you're playing, you know, committed and decent defense, which just means. You need Jalen back, and you need Jason to get his head out of his, you know, whatever, um, and uh, and and get better. Brown getting injured, 
you know, as yeah. frequently as he has is a bit of a concern too, but we'll see. He could be back Monday. I think Sherrod's off Monday, but we will have the rest of the gang here. Um, so we will be back as they two teams play again back in Cleveland. Um, I do want to mention one last time, uh, Raycon.com slash garden, our sponsor, 20% off your next purchase. Um, anybody out there who is a fan of football, and I know we all are, it is a Cleveland sort of weekend, is it not? Yes. 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 It is a Cleveland sort of weekend. And so tomorrow we will have a Patriots postgame show as well for anybody out there who wants to check that out. Uh, Evan Lazar will be down in Foxborough hanging out because that's what Evan Lazar does. And he will be filing reports. And then we are going to jump on and we're going to do a Patriots postgame show after the game. Um, so if you haven't already, um, subscribe to Patriots Press Pass on YouTube uh, and uh, join us for the postgame show. It's a good time had by all. Um, predictions for tomorrow's game, for this game, Sherrod? Yeah, they'll bounce back. They'll, they'll, they'll be Cleveland. It'll, it'll be a fairly close game, but they'll, they'll find a way to win. Hopefully it will not go to overtime. You think so? Yeah, I think the Celtics will win tomorrow. Yeah, or one day. Yeah, I expect them to win. Yeah, okay. Good. All right, so we'll get that. If we go two out of three against Cleveland this weekend, that'll be pretty good. That will be very good. Yeah, very we'll take good. It. Yeah, so, so check that out, and obviously subscribe to this YouTube channel if you haven't already and you're just here joining us, hanging out. Give us some likes. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, do whatever. Uh, you know, support uh, CLNS programming. Uh, we would appreciate it. Until Monday, uh, for Sherrod, I am John Zanis. We will see you guys later. Thanks.